0: And time for another Worship Breakdown, and today we have Man of Sorrows by Hillsong Worship. Uh, but before we jump into it, let's introduce everybody sitting around the table. Let's call it a table. We have Morgan Lynch. Hey. Tyler Lynch. That's me. Luke Small. Hey, guys. And we are podcasting from uh, Tyler and Morgan's living room. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This is way more comfortable. Uh, but today, man, um, Man of Sorrows, that's yours, right, Tyler?
1: It is. This is an incredible song. Um, it just talks about. This is pretty much just the story of Easter, and I feel like how convenient with us right here in this season, Ooh, yeah. but to, um, to cover this song, um, talking about Jesus being crucified. So this whole song, um, as you as you get into it, if you love just a, a subject, just realize it's going to be the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. This whole song is based around that. Um, and so it starts off with, a Man of sorrows, Lamb of God, by his own betrayed, the sin of man and the wrath of God has been on Jesus laid. Um, silent as he stood accused, beaten, mocked, and scorned, bowing to the father's will, he took a crown of thorns. And just those two verses right there. I mean talk about the whole the whole, I guess crucifixion, um, but I feel like also leading up to the crucifixion, you know, by his own betrayed he was he was betrayed by Judas and, and we know that was one of his that was one of his friends in his tight circle. Um, and then the sin of man and the wrath of God was laid upon Jesus. You know, the sin of the world and the wrath of God, that's that's a lot to take on. Um, and and to, to pretty much, you know, lay down on that cross, willingly lay down on that cross. You know, it, it's kind of, I feel like it kind of jumps around a little bit, like it's it's timeline here in this this first little bit, but it says, silent as he stood accused, beaten, mocked, and scorned. Um, you know, Jesus Jesus never tried to get away. Jesus never really tried to display any sort of power or or any sort of like back talk to any of these people that were doing this to him. And he was beaten, brutally, brutally beaten. But he still continued to look at the Father and just go, whatever your will is, I'm here. I don't, I don't, and I love, I love that he says, you know, when he's in the garden, you know, take this cup from me. If it's your will, like, take this cup from me. But still knowing that when God didn't, he still followed through on that. Um, and then, you know, it says he took the crown of thorns as they put it on his head. Um, and that's just the first two verses there talking about the, the lead up to it. And then it goes straight into the chorus, which I love. is Oh, the rugged cross, my salvation, where your love poured out over me. Now my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise and honor unto thee. Such a cool chorus to it, me.
0: Uh, it just screams of old school hymn.
1: Yeah, exactly. I feel like it kind of kind of mixes some of the old school hymn vibes and some of the the new the new worship song kind of trendy vibes that are going on. And um, oh, the rugged cross is something that you know is when we think about this cross that we we picture nowadays of like. Two perfect boards that you picked up from Lowe's and you notched them in the middle, and one's a little bit longer than the other, and then they lashed some pretty rope around the center of it and threw him up there. It's like no, like this was this is a nasty, rough-cut piece of wood that splintered and broke and pinched and all that kind of stuff as he carried it up this hill, and then to to lay down on that thing, this rugged, beaten-up piece of wood that probably probably other people had been crucified on. Yeah, you probably didn't get a new one. Yeah, I I doubt, and I don't know that for sure. So you know, don't any theologians out there don't don't quote me on that. But um, I feel like it was it was it was just this rugged piece of wood that he laid down on, and and all of his love came from that. It was such a it was such a humble beginning, and it was such a humble ending, um, which we know that wasn't the end of Jesus' life, but his his death on this earth uh, before his resurrection was such a kind of a humbling. It was the worst of the worst that could have happened. Um, that was the that was the thing, you know. It's like our the the rugged cross is is our modern day electric chair. Mm. You know, you you want to avoid everything else. Like, and if anything else, if I can die any other way, I just don't. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be there. And that, and um, I think that's. I think it's incredible. Um, that we have a God that, that loved us enough, where his love poured out enough over us to crawl upon that cross, give himself up willingly, um, and lay down his life for us.
0: Um, yeah, I, I like when songs do that. I like when they can take um, what we're all pretty familiar with, no matter really the age. I and mean, if, if you grew up in a church or at a young age, you had the, I grew up with the red hymnal. I mean, some had the green <laughs> one, uh, but we had the red one and uh, I remember as a kid, like, we knew songs by page numbers, not by the names, really. Um, like, I'll Fly Away is by, hands down, one of my all-time favorites, and it was page 257. Like, I still know that to this day. Don't know why. I, I, I can't remember how to spell most words, but I can remember that, so it's very odd. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I love I love when they, they try and, and incorporate that into, like, old Ryder Cross. You don't hear that in a modern song anymore. No. Uh, but it's much more of a true depiction, probably, mm-hmm. of what it actually was.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, it just says, you know, now my soul cries out hallelujah, which means, you know, praise praise the Lord, uh, a shout of joy or praise and gratitude, uh, which I feel like is, is what we do now in our worship is we're just, we're singing in gratitude to that act that happened there. Mm-hmm. Our Our whole... Our whole faith and, and everything that we believe is is nailed to and connected to that day, that moment, that 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 event that happened uh, when Jesus was crucified, um, and then even more so when he was resurrected. And so the song, you know, continues, um, sent of heaven, God's own Son, to purchase and redeem and reconcile the very ones who nailed him to that tree. Um, that's that's I feel like as we, as Christians sing out, that's something that we should remember. You know, it wasn't, it obviously wasn't us. Now, we're not talking about you know our generation did not nail Jesus to that tree, but um, people like us did people with the same kind of mentality did we still would have we you're exactly right we still would have anytime there's anything weird in our in our population we either make it super famous and we laugh about it which you know we joke about this whole thing going on now with with uh, with the tigers and we either elevate it and make them famous because we think it's silly and we laugh at it Mm. or we completely condemn it and everyone hates it so it becomes something. And so I feel like that would still happen in our modern days. either Jesus would be a laughingstock or we would have crucified him mm-hmm. in some sort of way. Because it would be for for Jesus to be doing what he was doing back in the day of, of coming and fulfilling the law and changing the law and, and trying to say, hey, this isn't like I know what you guys have been taught. Like I can't imagine what we would do nowadays with this with this crazy as we get over the, you know, the Constitution or people's rights or certain opinions and stuff like that, if if he were to come in and try to say, hey, this is wrong, we would lose our minds. I
2: was reading the other day, and uh, that second line kind of stands out to me, or the second part of verse 3, it says, reconcile the very ones who nailed him to that tree. And what I had read the other day, and Bobby, you might have read this too, because uh, we're reading a book together, um, I, I, I think it was this that it, it talked about how Jesus was God, you know, before Jesus came to, to earth, he was there. He was part of creation. The fact that he gave life to these people that nailed him to the tree, that he gave yeah. them the breath to breathe the energy in to their, in their yeah. muscles yeah. to be able to drive those nails yeah. in, and he could have just not even have to speak the word stop mm-hmm. and all of it would have ended mm-hmm. yeah. but that he he chose this you know no one no one forced him into this no one made him do this it was all his choice to yeah. bear that sin and bear that cert that uh, that death um to give us salvation yeah.
0: it's probably been said a thousand times but i heard it one time said that Jesus wasn't killed on the cross. He gave his life on the cross, or the, yeah. I can't remember how they put it, but it's like you're not. Ta- they didn't take his life. No, he, yeah. he handed it over. Yeah, and like the when I first heard it that way, I was just like, wow. I really thought about it that way. That I mean, I don't know. it's Something about that. Like no, no. I, I, he just gave it away. It yeah. Like, it was it was a choice. It was, it was what he yeah. and he wanted it, like he wanted to take on our sin. He wanted to be that sacrifice for us. Like that's
1: well, it was the connection. I think that was kind of what, um, you know, Jesus coming to Earth. And and then, and I'm going to say something that me and Morgan had this conversation about the other night. And again, some theologian will probably correct me or tell me I'm wrong or or whatever. But we had this discussion the other night of God is God, so, so he knows best, and he knows all, and he knows the future, and he you know, knew it was going to happen before it was ever going to happen, but was there a point from you know the, the God that we see and we read about in the Old Testament and what had to happen for them to have this connection with, with God in the Old Testament, and was there a point that God said, I'm so tired of being separated from these people, hey Jesus, now it's time. Now, now I want you to go do this. Like, this is the plan. This is what's going to happen. I need you to be the perfect sacrifice to go and pay these people's debt and full to me, it's because I'm I'm tired of having this divide. I'm tired of having this curtain where the priests can only talk to them. I feel like it was this this almost labor of love that Jesus poured out and was like, I'm just I want to do this because I just want to be connected to you more than I was because it was it was almost such a chore to be connected to God because people like normal people couldn't just interact with God you know it was they had to go before the priests and they had to make a sacrifice and the priest would go in and they would speak to God and all this kind of stuff and so it wasn't just this open talking to praying constantly that wasn't how it was thought of and then Jesus came and just rocked everyone's world um and you know, like the bridge talks about that. You know, now my now my debt is paid, it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me, whom the sun sets free, oh is free indeed. Um, Cold chills. Yeah. Every man.
0: time. Every time.
1: Yeah. And I love that I love that it repeats that that um that bridge just to kind of drive home the point. And of course, like I've said before, you know it kind of does the the typical worship song thing of, you know, the first part, the first time through the bridge is kind of low, and then the second time it builds, and the last half of the bridge, the second time, just gets huge as they go back into the chorus and proclaim it again. Oh, the rugged cross, my salvation, where Your love poured out over me. Now my soul cries out, Hallelujah, praise and honor unto Thee. It's such a, it's such a like a declaration of. Man, now I'm now I'm free. Thank you, Jesus, for this. um
2: I love when you guys sing that line. The um, whose sun whose sunset's free. It was free indeed. Mm-hmm. In, our, in our like in our auditorium with all the voices and people are so excited and yeah. it's like my favorite part of the song.
1: Yeah, and I love I love too, man. Our and our church knows it, and I feel open enough to say it. But you know, I'm just I'll talk about the love that I have for my church congregation. Man, we have so many misfits in our church, and I love it so much, and we have so many imperfect people, because um, that's our, our motto, you know, no perfect people allowed, and so when they say, whom the sun sets free is free indeed, there's so many people in our church who've really been set free of some junk, and it is so cool to be in that room with them, and for them to just scream that out. It's 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 incredible. Um,
0: yeah, because, I mean, you've been, you've spent the first part of the song, It's you're singing about you know the death and the crucifixion and then it's like there was a reason for that yeah that he set me free and like it's i don't know necessarily a realization but it's definitely a, a, like oh yeah i i am free like it's yeah said said it's easy to forget that too or to go about your daily life and just not really think about it too much yeah um but yeah that that is one of my favorite songs that's what you were saying about <laughs> uh jesus coming i always kind of looked at it like god was like you know what i have given you a ton of ways to get to me i have given you this you can't do it right so i'm gonna send yeah. you i'm gonna send you my son so y'all can get it straight Yep. um we still can't get it straight but we can try
1: i feel like it was the it was the plan though just to give that open door it's kinda of like I feel like Jesus just has like this open door policy of of creating a relationship with him, not an open door policy of just, you know, oh yeah, everybody gets into heaven and all this kind of stuff. It was just an open door policy of anyone can be saved. And I think that's I think that's really cool. Um, but the the last verse here, um, this song's kinda of abnormal in some ways, it has, you know, the fourth verse. Um, it says, See the stone is rolled away, behold the empty tomb, hallelujah, God be cur- God be praised. He is risen from the grave. Um, And that makes me think about um, in John when um, they're talking about um, Jesus whenever Mary goes to the tomb. And she's looking for Jesus. um, And they they roll up on this tomb. And there's nobody. And there's nothing there but this stone rolled away. And these poor soldiers who... (laughs) probably just got the world rocked. <laughs> and these angels sitting there and then there's Jesus speaking to Mary and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And 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 we I feel like we treat it in, in a lot of our songs as we should. We 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 sing about it in like this huge amped up moment like, "Oh my god, it was just crazy and insane." But I love to just picture the quiet of like cuz it was Mary. early. It was yeah.
0: early in the morning. It was Yeah, great, but like just
1: mary realizing that that was jesus you know like when whenever you have like that aha moment like i've had i've had with morgan before where i just like broke down in tears with her it wasn't this thing of just this violent over the top crazy you know talking about something or yelling and screaming about something it was just it was it was quiet and it was still and that was all that was happening in that moment and i like to think of that like mary walking up on this tomb it's completely silent because she didn't have a phone in her hand and there's not you know angels and you know hundreds and thousands singing everywhere it's just her by herself walking up to this tomb in complete silence with the birds chirping and maybe the sun rising and a cool morning and she looks at the tomb and her breath is taken away and she turns around and there's jesus standing there and she and he goes who are you looking for and then she realizes that it's him. And like just the tears and the joy that came over her in that moment, I bet was not screaming and crazy and jumping up and down. It was just like falling into his arms. And I just, I love that picture of just the quietness of, of that moment and the, and the pureness of that moment that would be with seeing him, especially getting to know him in the flesh now, but then seeing him again after. Something devastating happening like that, and him being and thinking that he was taken away from you, and then seeing him again would be See, just I, incredible.
0: I mess up scripture when I read it because that that whole happening, what maybe three, five lines, eight yeah. lines. It, it's not a very giant portion of that story. Um, if you're reading it through, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. She went, then she met Jesus, mm-hmm. and that was cool. There was so much more happening. We yeah. don't. I have a second by second uh yeah. translation of it but i like how you, you pulled from that like hey this this had to be a moment this had to be just like yeah. a a super deep very personal I mean, slow down when i read the bible i guess
1: yeah it's cool to just like i say it's it's cool to just take that all all through this and and um you know i'll encourage anybody um but i think it's great for everyone who believes in Jesus or even if you don't just to, to take a watch of um, uh, The Passion of the Christ um, that's an incredible depiction of kind of this that can give you some for me it was it rocked my world just to have a glimpse of what it possibly was like um, and to see him this actor portrayed in that way and to see how they treated him but in in, in your mind going that's I mean that lines up with you know what scripture talks about and if so, you know, the writer of um, of The Passion of the Christ, or the, the director, sorry, not the writer. He obviously didn't write the story. <laughs> um, but it talks about, you know, this is probably half of the gore and the beating that, that he he went through. Like, we can't even really recreate what he actually went through. And, and it's put like, on video. holy cow, man. It's just, it's incredible to think about. But there again, oh, that rugged cross, my salvation where your love poured out over me. It just continues to echo throughout the song and throughout the story of Jesus
2: being crucified. It's just his love continue to be poured out. We talked at the at the beginning about the title of the song being Man of Sorrows and and the question is what does that actually mean? And so I'm not gonna ask you, I'm gonna give you my my thoughts and I I guess we you know, my first reaction is to think of Man of Sorrows that, you know, Jesus was bummed out that This was happening but Mm. i i I, when you portray that whole thought of him carrying the sin and the weight of Mm. the world uh i think is is how i understand that to be sorrows that he is taking Mm. all of that weight and he's taking all of those things and he's and in the song they're calling him the man of sorrows because he's bearing that burden for us that he's taking all of that on himself um to, to set us free
0: and that was a uh, man of sorrows by uh, Hillsong. um yeah that was a great song um thank you guys so much for listening um we love doing this if you have the ability to give us a star a thumbs up or a smiley face or whatever that is uh please do so it helps people find the podcast a little quicker uh there's no monetary value around any of those we do this because we absolutely love it i want to thank everyone for coming out thank you to morgan and tyler for having us yeah, yeah absolutely, it's oh, yeah. amazing thank you for dinner it was so good uh thank you for luke absolutely and thank you tyler yeah all right guys Uh, until next week love you guys